The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got the sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hello. Hello, Mr. Krumpetich. This week on the show, we'll wrap up the Suns free agency and talk about the projected depth chart. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. All right, it's been a couple weeks since our last episode, and there's been quite a few roster moves with the Suns. And we'll start it off with the one who was probably most impactful for the team last year, Dario Saric. We were all waiting on him to sign a deal, and he ended up signing a three-year, $27 million contract with us. I think we're all excited to see Dario back. We saw some cool bonds with him and some players on the team, especially Cameron Johnson. They got pretty buddy-buddy in the bubble. So I, I really like that we're keeping the keeping the vibe here, keeping the team together for the most part. Yeah, I'm happy with this, especially since we were unable to re-sign Baines. Bringing Dario back is is good. We know that he can be a little bit streaky, a little bit on and off. But like you said, he played so well in the bubble. He found his role. He found his fit. He has a previous relationship with Monty Williams from even before the Suns. So I, I'm happy with this. Yeah, and the three years, $27 million, I feel like if, if Dario is going to be playing the way we need him to play, I think that deals right on the money. Um I think that's probably what we were waiting on for so long was just uh, everything else to wrap up to know exactly what we'd be able to offer him. I, I kind of hope that was the case. I hope he wasn't getting, uh, you know, considering other places. And maybe he was, but I, I'm just glad he's home. He'll have uh, opportunities at the four and the five. We kind of assume we saw him play some backup five in the bubble. But we'll we'll get into this a little more when we get into our depth chart talk. And then another guy we brought back from the team last year, Javon Carter, signs a three-year, $11.5 million deal. Yeah, and I think this is another good guy to bring back. He had some big games last year. He kind of became a fan favorite, one of those guys that maybe outside of Phoenix isn't super well-known. Outside, Let me fix that. Outside of Phoenix and West Virginia, hmm. not super well-known. But just one of those fan favorite kind of guys, the bulldog, plays hard even when he's not hitting shots. So I think he's a good guy to bring back, and we need point guard depth, so this is fine. Yep, totally. The the Javon Carter treadmill mentality. I, I love having a guy like that on the roster. And yeah, as we said, we'll be talking about the depth chart later, but this is a guy who you can throw in next to a point guard 
or if Book's running point guard, he can play the shooting guard while being able to match up with point guards and just be an off-ball guy. We saw him shoot the three pretty well in the bubble, too. So a lot of hope for him and just another a guy that fits so well on the team. It's it's perfect. Yeah, good culture fit for sure. Yes. All right, then we get a few new guys onto the roster, and we're reaching a territory where us Suns fans, we, we don't know what to think about this because we've never had this much depth at this many <laughs> positions. It's, it's a little crazy, but we signed two veteran guards who are going to be able to come in and shoot the lights out. We got Etwan Moore for one year, $2.3 and then Langston Galloway, one year, $2 million. Both of those guys, primarily shooting guards, and they shoot it. These guys are great shooters. I I think these are the two most exciting pickups of all of this because we don't normally sign guys like this. I think it's awesome. You can never have too many shooters. These are two guys who are proven, who have been in the league for a long time. They're not going to be long-term mainstays of our team or anything, but they're going to help propel us to hopefully a higher seed in the playoffs. Right, and this is the Chris Paul effect, I think. Guys like this decide that they can come to the Suns now and compete because this team is more or less bound for the playoffs. So that just opens us up to a whole new realm of free agents. Normally we'd be going after younger guys who maybe have some potential but haven't had much success. We'll go kick the tires on them, that kind of thing. Or we get a guy like Trevor Ariza at the end of his career who doesn't really care. That's kind of Ryan what we're Anderson used to. Ryan Anderson as well. Ryan yeah. Anderson too. But these guys, you know, they're they're reaching their primes as players and athletes and all that. I, I think they're going to just fit in so well. And the versatility we get out of all of them. I don't know if Galloway or Moore can play any point guard, but just having, uh, you know, guards on the roster who are comfortable moving the ball, moving the ball ahead, being able to stretch the court out, obviously, we, we need shooters at that position. And both of these guys, it's going to be it's going to be great. We have options on our bench now. It's not you have to play this guy. Now we have Galloway and more. Whoever's hot, whoever makes more sense matchup wise, we can do it. That's right. That's right. And you know how Monty Williams likes to have three guards out there sometimes put these two out with Booker have a lot of shooting on the court. I, I'm sure that's going to happen at some point. Oh, it's this is a brand new year. I'm, I'm really excited. And the final free agent signing that we're going to touch on today, Damian Jones signs with the Suns, two years, $3.7 million. And I haven't read a ton of good things about Damian Jones. I know he's a big, I know he's athletic, but it seems like he has a little trouble even finishing around the basket and just kind of makes some boneheaded plays still. But the way I look at it, he's a, a big athletic guy who we're going to have a chance to mold into our system since we signed him for a two-year deal. Yeah, and when you explain all of that, you could probably take away his name and replace it with Rashawn Holmes. And that went pretty well for us. Right. I know they're different players for sure. But really all I look at this is the only way I look at this is a lob target for Chris Paul. Just another guy who can catch lobs and finish. That's about it. And that's yeah. fine. And, and that's where he excels. So hopefully that's what's on the docket for him is just a, 
get out there, set a good screen, and roll hard to the rim, and hopefully Chris finds you. I, right. I, but then again, I still don't know how much Damian Jones is going to play on this roster. We're, we're going to be getting into the depth chart, but, I mean, he's technically our only true backup center on the roster. Yeah, and maybe he'll come in for 12 minutes, 10 minutes, four points on two lobs and five fouls. I Use them up. That, you get six of line. them for a reason, right? <laughs> That's Use <them> right. <laughs> no, I, and really missing Baines he, here in this spot. This is where it, this is where uh, the kind of the sore thumb is through the offseason. We, we didn't really get a true backup center that, that's Baines caliber. And I'm not too upset that Baines wasn't, isn't the guy that we brought in, but seeing a guy, you know, a little more, uh, someone who's able to put out a little more on the court right away than Damian Jones, that would have been nice. But I mean, it's James Jones. We, we gotta, we gotta wait and see because he hasn't made a bad move yet. That's true. Yeah, I agree that it is a slight downgrade from Baines. Definitely more than slight. Baines was great last year, but we'll give him a chance. We'll see how Damian Jones does. Right, and then the the last note, I guess we can we can throw in here, um, Jonathan Motley. We're bringing him into a training camp deal, so we got an invite to our camp. I'm not sure exactly what kind of money they get for that. I know it's obviously not guaranteed, but that's something we'll have to watch too. That's another big, skinny, pretty athletic guy who can, uh, you know, he's young, potentially can grow into it, but we'll have to see. Yeah. And usually these kind of deals are just to have another body in training camp, someone who has a little bit of NBA experience rather than just like a staff member with the team or something. And these guys don't usually make the team, but you never know. I think, do we still have a two-way deal left? Well, I know we, we used one on that Tyshawn Alexander right. on Creighton. Right. And then for the second one, I don't... This so could we be, may that have, could be Motley's yeah, then. We may have a two-way kind of deal available. But last year, we didn't use two for most of the year. I would think we would this year, just given COVID and the potential for guys to get sick and all of that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, we should definitely be using that. And we were the only team in the league last year to not carry both two-way spots. Yeah, which was weird. Pretty weird. Saves you a little money, but eh, you can probably carry a guy, right? Yeah. Okay, that settles the new free agents on the team. Let's talk about where they're going to fit in on the depth chart with the Suns this year. And the, the one that's... Most interesting to me is what's going to happen when Chris Paul and Devin Booker out, aren't out on the court, because those are our two stars on the team, and there are, you know, four guys that we can possibly throw in there to get minutes with Cameron Payne, Javon Carter, Etwan Moore, Langston Galloway. So, who do you see coming off the bench primarily as the point guard? Which one of these guys can get us into an offense? And have the ability to guard an opposing point guard? Yeah, this is a tough question. First off, I don't think we're going to be seeing Chris Paul and Devin Booker off the court, both of them off the court at the same time, very often. 
I think we'll almost always have at least one of them, if not both, on the court. We know Chris Paul is getting up there. He's not going to be able to play as many minutes as he once did, but he'll still play a lot. So this isn't going to be too much of an issue, I don't think. But it's going to happen sometimes. Payne versus Carter is a tough question because Payne played well in the bubble, but that was about it. We didn't really have him before the bubble. Javon Carter was with the team for the whole year and was a little bit more up and down. Training camp is going to have a lot to say in this, definitely. If I had to pick right now, I think I'd actually lean Payne. I think Monty Williams trusts him a little bit more. They do have that relationship from OKC. He, at times, looked a little bit like a better fit, a little bit of a better floor general. I think I would give it to Payne as of right now. So I agree with Payne being the better floor general, but I think I still lean Carter. Just because the fact that we did sign him to a multi-year deal, we're, we have a lot of faith in the guy. So that, that makes me think that maybe we're, we're okay with that. And I love the defense so much with Carter. And, I mean, Payne was hustling in the bubble, too. He's a, he's a pesky defender for sure. But I, I think I give Carter a bit of an edge because even though we said he was a little inconsistent last year, I just overall I'd say he's more consistent than Payne from what we've been able to see. Training camp battle, though, absolutely 100% is going to be fantastic. I'd love to watch that. I'd love to be a fly on the wall to be able to see those two guys go at it for those minutes. But like you said, I want to see Chris Paul or Devin Booker on the floor pretty much at all times. Pretty yeah. much. I, maybe a few minutes per game without without them. But And Chris Paul might be getting rested every once in a while, too. So we have to consider that. Right, right. And... Yeah, I mean, this would be the year. Man, it would be so great to be able to go up and see the training camp. We did that that one year where we went right. up to Prescott and saw the, the scrimmage toward the end of training camp. And I mean, we can't do it this year because of COVID. But man, if there would have been a year to do it, it would be this year. Right. There's so much hype. It's, oh, it's fun being next a year, Suns fan. Next year. Yes, it is. I still feel like when DeAndre Ayton just did his media day and he sits down in front of his uh, computer and he goes, Chris Paul is in Phoenix. We got Chris Paul in Phoenix. Like, that's still that's how I feel. It's still surprising. Yeah. I feel like I still need to remind people and remind myself, obviously, because. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, a lot I of have hype. to as well. Yeah. Well, and I was I was saying this earlier. Uh, before we were recording, but I was at the downtown fries uh, just recently, and uh, I was going down the elevator, and the elevator glass, it faces toward the arena. So that's how I've been kind of keeping track of how the the construction and all the updates have been coming, just from my trips up and down the elevator. And um, first, there, there weren't a whole lot of construction vehicles or equipment or anything out there it looks like they're getting pretty close but you can see through the windows the giant screen and just chris paul's face is on there <laughs> and i was like oh right we have chris paul <laughs> it's, it's crazy it i can't wait till we get to see the first game of the year with chris paul in the suns jersey we've seen pictures of him in a jersey but 
I want to see him out on the court, tip off, ready to play, and then a W would be nice too. Yeah, that would be great. Ooh, oh, we're getting close. We are. It's more or less a couple weeks till the start of the season. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So you lean Payne for backup point guard duties. I lean Carter. Let's talk about shooting guard when Booker comes off because I mean both Etwan Moore, Langston Galloway, they both uh, they're both knockdown shooters. They've both been in the league for a few years. They know what it takes to win in this league. Who do you see getting the the bump there? I think I go Etwan Moore on this. I think he is a touch of a better shooter. And it's just what my gut tells me. I think I go Etwan Moore on this. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to just sit here and disagree with you all day, but I kind of lean Galloway. I, I really <laughs> do. He's, he's a streaky guy, too. From from what I've heard from Pistons fans, he, he gets a little streaky. But, I mean, if you look at his three-point numbers over the last couple years, just about 40% last year, uh, 37% the year before that, I believe. That's that's just knocking it down. When have yeah. we had a 40%, anyone close to 40% three-point shooting in, on the Suns? And we haven't had that in a while. I, I'm ready yeah. for that because even, whoever's on the court with these guys, Etwan Moore or Galloway, as long as they're just standing out on the wing ready to shoot threes, and they play a little bit of defense, I'm going to be cool with whatever they do. Yeah, that's all it's going to take. And, you know, I think it's kind of like you said earlier, whoever's hottest is probably going to be the first one off the bench, you know, in a stretch of a couple games where one of them is just knocking it down, they're probably going to come in, and then as they slow down, we bring the next guy in. But I imagine one of these two will probably be the first guy off the bench. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, hmm. First I think rather than like Carter or Payne, oh, I could see one of these two coming in. I see that too, because then yeah. if, uh, if we want to get Chris out a little earlier in the game, then Devin can slide over to point guard and one of those right. guys can come in right. before putting in Payne or Carter. I can see yeah. that. That's kind of what I anticipate happening. I could see Payne or Carter coming in as well just to replace Chris Paul. But I think the opposite is a little bit more likely just to keep Booker out there a little bit longer and have him handle the ball just a little bit. That makes sense. All right, here's here's another thing that gets blown up, the backup center. Yeah. What are we going to do? But before we start, I think we need to clarify, who do we think is starting at power forward? Eileen Crowder. Yeah, this is tough. I I really want to say Cam Johnson. Same. I really, really, really want to. I think I have to go Crowder at the beginning of the season, at least. Especially because he played really well in the bubble, too. Yeah. He's coming off a hot end of the season. But Crowder did play in the playoffs. And, you know, all the way to the finals. Right. So, Maybe at the beginning we see Johnson starting and see how that goes. Uh, I don't know. I think I lean towards Crowder starting, but I want to say Cam Johnson really bad. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. It's it's if you, how much stock do you put in the eight and no bubble run versus how much stock do you put in Jay Crowder who played great through the playoffs into the finals. We just signed him to a three year, ten million per year deal. 
the veteran. I just feel like you got to lean Crowder. But, man, I I hope it doesn't take too many minutes away from Cam. I hope Cam gets slid in at the backup three a little bit more often rather than running so much four. Yeah. Those are things that I kind of hope see to, to see. But who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll learn a lot really early on in the season, I have a feeling. Yeah. Okay, but backup center. No Baines. We have guys, we have Damian Jones, who we brought in. We have Dario Saric, who we saw play backup five in the bubble. And then we have the rookie Jalen Smith, who could maybe be playing a little center too. So who do you see, who's the first center off the bench, you think? I think right off the bat, we have to go with Dario. Just because he's a little bit more proven. He's been on the team for a whole year. I think it just makes sense to go with Dario. And then as Smith and Jones play a little bit more, then we might make some changes here. But I, I lean Dario at the beginning. Yeah, I, I lean Dario at the beginning. And I see Jalen Smith potentially taking those minutes at some point. Because I think yeah. he's his athleticism, him and Dario kind of do a lot of the same things, but the athleticism and right. Jalen Smith has another inch or two on him. So mm-hmm. I, I like, and the athleticism, man. He Jalen, he can really move. Yeah, and defense is the question, you know. We've seen that he's a great shot blocker and that kind of thing, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. The, the main critique is, well, he's not going to be big enough to guard centers, and he's not going to be fast enough to guard power forwards or wing players. So we'll just have to see how that goes. We might even be able to see these two on the court at the same time, especially because they can both shoot, and we know that James Jones likes that. Defense is going to suffer for sure when that happens, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, the the thing I worry about, we were spoiled with Baines last year because yeah. when, I mean, even when Aiton and Baines were both available, say we're we're playing the Sixers against Embiid, Aiton has to come get a blow on the bench. We we could put Baines in there and not really worried about getting absolutely dominated because Baines can hold his own against anybody. He might get scored right. on, but he's not going to get punked, you know? Right. I'm worried about the situations where we don't have, I guess Damian Jones could be that guy. If we need a big bully to get in there, I'm a little concerned about those situations. But knowing the way the NBA has been moving, we're going to see smaller fives, more stretch lineups when the benches come out. I, I think that'll still be a thing. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, when we play the Sixers and face Joel Embiid, yeah, he's probably going to score 30 points and have... 15 rebounds or whatever, but we'll just have to live with that. Most teams don't have a Joel Embiid. Very true. All right, let's talk about the schedule. The schedule just got released for the first half of the NBA season, and I want to start it off with one thing. The Suns are going to be on national TV nine times in the first half of the season and then four more on NBA TV. So that's nine games on either ESPN or TNT, then four on NBA TV. What did we think we had last year? Three to five? 
Somewhere around there. Not yeah, many. A handful of nationally televised games, and we're getting all of these just dumped on us in the first half of the year. It feels <laughs> so good. I, yeah, I'm ready it's... I'm ready for the Suns to uh, come on some people's radars and be reminded that we have a basketball team down here, and we're actually going to be pretty good finally. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely going to be nice to get that recognition. It's definitely the Chris Paul effect, and... You said this the other day. People are starting to realize how good Devin Booker is instead of just saying, oh, he's an empty stat kind of guy or, you know, can't win, but just puts up a lot of points, empty calorie scorer, all of that. No, people are giving him respect, which he has deserved from day one, really. But the Chris Paul effect is real. It's definitely real. And yeah, this is pretty amazing that we have this many in just the first half of the season. Right, and we we end the preseason against the Lakers on a ESPN game that's on December 18th, and then when we our opening game of the regular season against the Mavericks again is on ESPN that's the 23rd, and then still within December we get one on TNT against the Pelicans and then the Jazz on NBA TV. That's four games on national TV more or less. In the first month of the season. And the, yeah. the first month of the season is only a week long. Right. This is nuts. <laughs> it is. No Christmas Day game, though. Yeah, a bit of a bummer there, yeah. It is. Well, okay. It, it's a bit of a bummer, but I also like that because then I don't watch basketball. My family might not be super fond of, oh, I got to go watch the Suns now. And I'm sure we would just have it on in the background and all that. But yeah. it's okay. Christmas day at my in-laws place. I always sneak down into the basement and turn the TV on uh, ABC or whatever, whatever channel the game's on at the time. And I I try to see as much as I can. Had the Suns been playing though on Christmas. So I might've, I might've hunkered down in front of that. Right. It would also be nice to see what our Christmas day jerseys would look like. Oh, that'd be, that'd be cool. The desert yeah. theme Christmas jersey. I'm about that. Yeah. A cactus with lights all over it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but another holiday, we do get a game on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So Yeah, that'll be nice. That's on TNT at 3 on January 18th against the Grizzlies. So Yeah. We're we're getting uh we're getting some games. It's it's really fun to see. Yeah, it is. The only thing I want to caution people with a little bit, having followed college basketball so closely, is this might not go super well. Now, I know the NBA is putting a lot of policies in place and they're going to have severe punishments for people who don't follow these protocols. But even when you do, people are going to get sick. So Gonzaga, go Zags was supposed to play Baylor, and they had to cancel that game 90 minutes before it started because of positive tests. And both schools agreed, yep, for the sake of safety, we need to cancel this and try to reschedule it. Expect that from the NBA. Until we have a widely available, effective vaccine, we have to be expecting this. And this is why only first half of the schedule was released and why there's a lot of space and why the All-Star break is kind of wonky. Just get ready for things to be disrupted. Yeah, those are all fair points. I'm not looking forward to, you know, what's going to happen because I definitely assume that games will be postponed. Hopefully none get forfeited, but 
who knows how it's going to go. And we've already had how many guys test positive for COVID in the NBA? They just started their their tests, 40, yeah, 50, 60, something like good. that. It's not so, good. I mean, I'm happy that they're starting it now. So this way they can get everyone quarantined that has it and they can still hopefully get on a little training camp in preseason before we start here. But mm-hmm. it, it's coming down to it. Yeah, it's it's getting close, and given the amount of time, though the CDC just adjusted the amount of quarantine time to be less than 14 days. Oh, what so is that, that? I think they said between 7 and 10. It depends on like when the exposure was or something like that. I'm not an expert on this, so <laughs> go to the CDC website. Don't take it from me. Um but yeah, that that will probably aid things. But yeah, just keep an eye on how all that's going. And like with college and like with the NFL and even with baseball, how it was, get ready for things to be switched around a little bit and canceled and postponed and all that. But with that, we're going to switch to our non-sports section of the show. So as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, the reason why we were off last week is because I got married. So I'm curious about what you think about how it went. All right. Everything was perfect, but I'm going to tell our audience the best part of the night first, obviously. Um, you know, so when the when the reception starts after the wedding, you know, the DJ normally announces the new couple and all the groomsmen and bridesmaids and family and all that stuff. And we were told, all right, you have to do a little little dance on your way in. I was, and if anyone knows me personally, you knew that I hated that idea. <laughs> but when we get in line and the music starts, it's the Sunny song from the You Just Lost to the Suns video. And I instantly put my arms up, turned around and looked at Mitch and just <laughs> cheered. I was so hyped to hear it. And then that gave me the energy to actually dance through and look like a fool for a minute you know i've got a good video of it too so. oh no <laughs> that that one's not going on the sunny instant. i won't post it i won't post it <laughs> it's good though oh boy no that was really cool though and otherwise i mean we got josh there That's that right. that friend was a beautiful show. thing friend of the show josh uh just lovely to see him i got to meet your old buddy blake very good dude meet some of the fam it was just a it was just a great time overall and one of the one of the decent excuses to actually miss a podcast yeah definitely no and i mean i think you put it well it went perfectly and we were a little bit concerned because you know we had to move everything outside we had way less people than we intended and we wore masks and that kind of thing and it went well you know it was uh we were a little unsure and we've been planning this for like a year, almost 11 months. Um, and it all kind of came to fruition and it went well. It was a lot of fun. It was nice to have everyone there. And yeah, I, I was very, very happy with everything and I'll, you know, it's cliche, but whatever, it's true. Best day of my life for sure. That's right. That's right. My only complaint is the fact that I got a giant blister on my pinky toe from dancing too much. I could barely walk by the end of the night, and I had to kind of take it easy on the dance floor towards the end. So, 
But that, that's how it should be. That's yeah. a good sign. I mean, I, I left it out on the floor for you, Mitch. That's, I really did. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we all left it out on the floor. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. We'll be back next week with another one. We're getting so close to the start of the season. Preseason games are coming. We'll be able to talk about games again. And, man, it hasn't been that long since the bubble. But we're, we're back, baby. Suns basketball. Let's go. Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same with Instagram. Maybe we'll post a picture from the back. Maybe. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in and go, Sunny.